Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, here we are. We're back, everybody. This is episode 44 of the podcast. Uh, let's see. I wasn't going to do a podcast today. Oh, let me tell you real quick. It's 31 August. And uh, before we get started, we are on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at defense underscore podcast. If you can possibly find the time, check us out on Twitter. Haven't done much on Twitter uh, this week. But uh, anyway, we're still on there. And I found a good story on Twitter. I can't remember. I can't remember where I found it. Uh, just popped up on my feed. And I would like to give credit to. I think it was Defense Daily. Uh, big news, and it's the reason why I'm doing the podcast tonight. It's big news for the Army is that the Army has ground uh, Army grounds entire Chinook fleet over engine fire risk, which is you know big deal. Um, and I searched for. All the usual suspects, the defense websites, to see if I could find a story on the Chinooks. But, interesting enough, I couldn't find any. Um, not saying that there isn't coverage out there. It's usually traditional media that's covering it. And I saw a really good article from India on it, because I think the Indian Army uses uh, Chinooks. But uh, I was going to use that one. Um, but I decided to use a military.com article from today 31 august is written by rebecca keel k-h-e-e-l very good article and i'll just jump right into it army the title of the article is army grounds entire chinook fleet over engine fire risk um get right into it the army has grounded the entire fleet of chinook helicopters while it works to fix fuel leaks that cause an unspecific number of engine fires, the service confirmed. In a statement, the Army said it was grounding the fleet of 400 aircraft out of abundance of caution, stressing that no deaths or injuries have resulted from the fires. Uh, the Army has identified the root cause of the fuel leaks that cause a small number of engine fires among the isolated number of CH-47 helicopters and implementing corrective measures to resolve the issue, Army spokesman Cynthia Smith said in an email, the safety of our soldiers is the Army's top priority and we will ensure the air, that our aircraft remain safe and airworthy. So good good caution there by the Army. The, the statement did not provide details of the repair timeline nor what operations or training could be affected by the grounding, which is first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the article goes on, but the statement did suggest that some of the Chinooks could be back in the air shortly. About 70 helicopters are believed to have been to have a faulty part that's been connected to the problem, according to the journal, the Wall Street Journal. Based upon our based on the results of our investigation, some aircraft may not require corrective measures and may return may return to normal flight operations. Smith said. Uh, then she go, the, the author goes on a little bit about the Chinook. The Chinook has been a staple of the Army fleet since its introduction 60 years ago, carrying troops and cargo on battlefields from Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq. 
the current model CH-47 Foxtrot F is the Army's only heavy lift cargo helicopter supporting combat and other critical operations, according to the service's website, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, the article goes on. The issue that prompted the grounding stems from an engine part known as an O-ring, according to the statement from Honeywell International, which manufactures the engine of the Boeing-made Chinook. O-rings are used to create a seal between engine parts to prevent leaks. Uh, that while investigating incidents involving Chinooks, Honeywell said the Army discovered O-rings were not meeting Honeywell design specifications and were installed in engines during routine maintenance, according to the contractor. The faulty O-rings were not made by Honeywell, the statement says. Of course not. It is believed that the suspect O-rings have been identified and isolated, Honeywell said. Joint U.S. Army and Honeywell engineers identified the issue and are now working with the Army to provide replacement O-rings on all affected Chinooks. And this is a good, really good part of the article by Rebecca Keel because she kind of uh, discusses some of the other stuff that we've been discussing. So I give her a lot of credit. So here's what she says in the final paragraph of the article. The grounding of the Chinook fleet is the latest in a string of major aircraft issues for the military. Earlier this month, Air Force Special Operations Command announced it was grounding the entire fleet of CV-22 Ospreys, tilt rotor aircraft over an issue with the clutch. Marine Corps, meanwhile, said it would continue to fly the Ospreys since the service has known about the clutch issue since 2010 and has trained pilots to work around the problem. And then she goes into the ejection seat issue with the F-35, and here's what she says. Ejection, issue, ejection seat issues also caused the Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps to ground hundreds of aircraft in July, including F-35 Alpha Lightning to uh, F-A-18 Hornet. And then she go ahead and list some of the article, uh, other aircraft. But anyway, we kind of covered all this stuff before. So an excellent article, uh, military.com. And let's see. And you got to give credit to the Army for for caution and to Honeywell because Honeywell came right out and made a statement. If you remember when we discussed the F-35 back in July, uh, Martin Baker, who makes the ejection seat, they were kind of quiet about it. And they, I don't know, they did what they had to do, of course, but Honeywell has kind of come forward and said, yep, it's the O-ring, and uh, we don't make the O-ring, but we know it's the O-ring, and we're going to work to fix it. So I give Honeywell some credit there also. And so while we're talking about the Chinook, of course, the Chinook's been around forever, 100 years, actually 60 years. Uh, Vietnam aircraft, still flying, still doing well. So I went to the Army website to talk about the Chinook. Let me pull that up, and we'll just kind of give everybody a quick background on the Chinook. Uh, this information is coming from the Army Acquisition Support uh, Center's website. Uh, CH-47 Chinook is the Army's only heavy-lift cargo helicopter. It has a suite of improved features such as upgraded digital cockpit, um, featuring common avionics architecture structure, new monolithic airframe and vibration reduction. Let's get to the good stuff here has increased payload and operational reach beyond the existing CH-47 Foxtrot capability. I guess this is the Block 2. Uh, let's see where else. Here we go. Uh, the CH-47F tactically transports forces and associated equipment, provides routine aerial sustainment of maneuver forces. Secondary missions the Chinook executes to support soldiers and commanders include medical evacuation, search and rescue, parachute drops, disaster relief, and aircraft recovery. It has a maximum gross weight, increase in gross weight to 54,000 pounds. 
an empty aircraft weighs 25. Block two is 26,800 pounds. Maximum gross weight is 54,000 pounds uh, block two. Total lift capacity at hover is in 4,000 foot pressure altitude to 95 degree Fahrenheit is 47,928 pounds. Maximum cruise speed is 160 knots. Capacity is 36, which means you can put a whole infantry platoon on a Chinook. Litter capacity is 24. Sling load capacity is 26,000 pounds. Center hook, 17,000 pounds. Forward hook and aft hook is 25,000 pounds. Tandem. And the crew is three, pilot, co-pilot, and flight engineer. And while we're at it, in third quarter of FY18, a few years ago, first F, uh, CH-47 F Block II aircraft begins production. And let's see. Low rate initial production was in fourth quarter of 21. I guess they're already out there on the street, obviously. Foreign military sales, Australia, Netherlands, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates. Contractors are Boeing. The engine is Honeywell. The software is Rockwell Collins. And engine controls is Goodrich out of Danbury, Connecticut. And PEO Aviation. All right, there you go. Chinook grounded. We'll keep an eye on this because that's a big story for the Army. And uh, shoot, while we're talking about helicopters, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Australia again. We just got done talking about Australia. So we'll talk about it. Just let me pull it up here. And this story is from 30 August, which was yesterday. It's from the Defense Post. I don't take too many stories from those uh, guys, but it's a good-looking website, so I might start adding that to the usual suspects, the Defense Post. And it is by a guy named, man, I can't even say his name, R-O-J-O-E-F Manuel. Sorry, Mr. Manuel, I can't say your first name. But anyway, the title is Lockheed Martin to deliver 12 MH-60R Seahawk helicopters to Australia. Uh, the Naval Air Systems Command has awarded Lockheed Martin a $503.7 million contract to deliver 12 Sikorsky MH-60R helicopters to Australia. The firm received a green light on the order after the U.S. State Department announced plans for the foreign military sale way back in October of 21. Uh, the work for the contract will be performed at Lockheed Martin facilities in New York, Connecticut, and Alabama. And the Seahawks are expected to be delivered to Australia by August, uh, October 2026. October 2026. Okay, the article continues. In addition to the anti-submarine, anti-surface vessel aircraft, talking about the Seahawks. The Australian government has also requested GAU-61 cannons, M299 longbow rockets, missile launchers, related spares, mission equipment, training, and support. The initial estimate for the entire deal comes to about $985 million, according to a press release from the U.S. Defense Security Cooperation Agency, which we refer to all the time. Um, I don't want to click on that because I'll lose the article. Uh, the proposed sale will improve Australia's capability to perform anti-surface, anti-submarine warfare missions, along with the ability to perform secondary missions, including vertical replenishment, search and rescue, and communications relay, DISCA said. The purchase of the Seahawk helicopters is part of the 2024 restructure plan. Once delivered, the choppers will be added to the 20 
3MH60R Australia currently operates, acquired between 2013 and 2016. And good author because right here he says, earlier this month, the U.S. approved sale of 40 Sikorsky UH-60 Mike Blackhawk helicopters to Australia to replace the multi-role MHR-90 Taipan helicopter fleet to maintain the appropriate level of readiness to conduct combined operations. So these are good author. I like the way this author and the last author uh, gave you the current story and then tied it into previous stories that if you read that story and you're like, well, what happened? What's the rest of the story? They gave you the rest of the story. I like that. So excellent article uh, from the, the Defense Post. I'm going to start checking those out. All right. So we're at 12 minutes and I got one more story and then we're done. Pretty short episode, probably the shortest I've done in a long time. We're supposed to be the uh, probably the best defense commentary in the world in under 30 minutes, but lately I've been going longer than 30 minutes. I might have to change my advertising. Um, but anyway, let me let me keep going. Uh, let's see. Last article I'm going to talk about is from Defense News, uh, from Irene Lowenson. Haven't done a story from Irene before. Uh, the title is Sweden awards $50 million deal, $50 million deal for thermal weapon sites to Leonardo DRS. We haven't done a thermal site story ever, so thermal starts thermal site story. It's from August 31st, which was today. And Leonardo DRS has won approximately $50 million contract to provide more than 4,600 thermal sites to Sweden, the American Defense Company announced Tuesday, which was yesterday. And we have a, a statement from Mr. Jerry Hathaway, who's Senior Vice President and General Manager of DRS Electro-Optical Infrared Systems. This contract represents the start of a relationship in providing our thermal weapon sites to the Swedish Ministry of Defense to increase protection and effectiveness of their dismounted force, forces. This contract represents the start of a beautiful relationship. And that what someone told Humphrey Bogart once? What movie was that? Casablanca? I think so. Anyway. So getting to the meat of the article, Swedish Defense Ministry ordered more than 3,100 individual sites designed for small arms, including light machine guns, and over 1,500 long-range sites designed for heavy machine guns and sniper rifles. DRS said it already delivered 1,100 sites to Sweden as part of the deal. Production took place in Melbourne, Florida, and Dallas, Texas. So real quick, they give a a small paragraph on what a thermal site does. Uh, it senses infrared wa waves. The thermal sites can pinpoint targets in daytime and nighttime, as well as in smoke and fog, according to the company website. DRS also claims devices operate silently and emit minimal heat and radio energy, making them hard to detect. Leonardo Germany, a unit of DRS Italian parent company, Leonardo is the prime contractor for the Firm fixed price deal, the news release said. DRS announced June 21 that it, that it will merge with Israeli radar system specialist READA Electronic Industries. I don't know what that's got to do with anything. But anyway, so it's thermal site. Uh, I don't know a lot about thermal sites, but I know enough that if it doesn't make any noise, it's probably long wave infrared. Uh, I think the mid wave infrared is a different type of thermal and it needs to be cooled. So when it cools, it's got a little fan, I guess, in there that makes it cool and makes a little noise. But uh, 
Longwave doesn't need that. And I did some math. This was kind of fun. I haven't done this in a while. I did some checking on the Swedish Army. And don't hate me, but I used Wikipedia. And I just did the math. They're ordering how many? Where is it at? 4,600 thermal sites. They're going to get 3,100 of them or individual. So let's call them for assault rifles, just for the individual rifles, rifleman, the individual soldier with an assault rifle. And we're assuming these are going to go to maneuver formations. Let's assume all this is going to the maneuver formations, especially for the individual ones. Where are those at? Yeah, 3,100 individual sites. We'll assume those are going to what the U.S. would call a close combat force. And we'll assume that the heavy machine guns and sniper rifles will probably go to some of the maneuver force and some to other forces. Uh, so that's a total of whatever, 31 and 15 equals 46. All right. So I kind of played around with it, and I did the math, and I went to Wikipedia, and I looked up the Swedish Army. Pull it up here. And pretty good pretty good uh, lay down. They've got operational formations 2022, and I only looked at maneuver divisions, uh, maneuver divisions, maneuver uh, formations in the Swedish Army, and they got a nice little chart, and I'm not sure how big their army is. So our friend Wikipedia says it's around 50,000. It's not that big at all. Uh, but I counted, based on this uh, chart they have, the organizational chart, I counted. They broke it down pretty nice for you. They have one chart that's got Swedish Army combat formations, and then they have another chart with Swedish Army combat support, combat service support, and 2022, pretty updated. I counted uh, 16 maneuver battalions. Uh, ten of them are, we'll call them infantry. Some are motorized infantry. What do they call them? Motorized? Yep, they call them motorized. And then um, they have six armored battalions. So a total of 16. Now, this is just rough math. You know, 16, I call them 16 maneuver battalions. And then down in the combat support, service support, they have two engineer battalions, which, you know, combat engineers, they're just infantry soldiers that, know how to work a chainsaw basically and uh, so I did the math and let me find it I know I'm screwing this up stand by now this is just rough math so what I did was I figured there's 260 soldiers uh, in a battalion that will carry uh, rifles uh, I would say I'm going to say 260 that can use um, a, an individual thermal site because remember there's two there's two batches of thermal sites there's the 3100 individual thermal site and there's the 1500 machine gun site so I figure if there's 260 in a standard maneuver infantry battalion that can use a thermal site and they have uh, 11 battalions actually they have 10 battalions that are infantry I did the math and they have enough out of 3,100 to field 11 battalions. Well, they only got 10 infantry battalions, so they have a battalion's worth in spare. Again, so I'm just trying to see when they ordered these what they were thinking. And their thinking goes along with my math, how imprecise it is. And then I looked at the machine guns, and if there's 100 machine guns in an infantry battalion, and I'm unfortunately I'm using light machine guns and medium machine guns. I didn't count uh, heavy machine guns. 
Uh, I figure there's about 100 light machine guns and medium machine guns in an infantry battalion. And if they're ordering 1,500 of these thermal sites, you know, 100 and uh, 1,500 will go 15 times. So they have enough for 15 battalions. Uh, but if you do the math, there's 10 infantry battalions and six armored battalions, which has heavy machine guns. So that's 16. But I think a lot of these mech units have uh, kind of a system already built in for the, the mounted uh, heavy machine gun. So my guess is they're probably going to give some of these 15, out of that 1,500, of course they'll give them to the maneuver battalions, but they'll probably also give some to the MPs, probably give some to the engineers. Um, maybe a few for the artillery, probably not too many for those soldiers. But they have one, two, looks like two or three uh, MP battalions, at least two that I'm seeing. And then they have some transport companies, and transport companies need machine guns. They have logistics, and they need machine guns too. So all in all, it gives you kind of an idea what they're thinking by just dissecting 3,100 individual, which is probably for the maneuver dismounted infantry, maybe some engineers, and the 1,500 for the heavy and medium, probably for the maneuver and some of the combat support and combat service support. All right, I probably ruined that. But anyway, it was fun. I haven't done that for a while. It was fun to kind of look at numbers and try to put yourself into the to what the Army is thinking when they buy these things and then look at their organizational chart and dissect it. Highly, uh, not very accurate, I'm sure, but we used to call that platoon sergeant math, you know, just write it on a napkin real quick and get out the door and that way you can do what you got to do. All right, probably enough of that. 21 minutes, 41 seconds, we're done. This is episode 44, uh, kind of an impromptu. Big news is the Chinook being grounded. We'll keep an eye on that. And as soon as we get some more information on that, we'll do another show. Uh, one more plug for Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at defense underscore podcast. If you can find the time, check us out on Twitter. And I can't think of any do outs from the last episode. I think I covered all the bases. But anyway, uh, now that I have a little bit of time, I want to thank everybody, all the support, uh, all the downloads we get. I appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, you just stumbled upon us. Welcome. If you're a listener, we've been going for about four or five months, and you've listened before, welcome back. I appreciate the downloads. I, I really mean that. Um, it's nice to know that there's somebody out there listening, and we'll try to provide good content because, to me, that's what the show is all about, the best content that we can find in that's pretty much it. So that's it. Episode 44 in the books. So thank you very much and good night.